0: It's the e commerce master plan podcast, here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas.
1: Hello, welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe. It's great. As always, it is to have you out there listening. Did you know we even have a few people listening in Taiwan? So if that's you, hello, Taiwan. Now, this November, the White Label World Expo online retail sourcing show comes to London, very long way from Taiwan if you're going to try and make it over. Um, flights to be booked. Now, both myself and today's guests are keynote speakers at the event. I got chatting to Mark at Lynn Academy and what he'll be sharing at White Label World Expo is so interesting and he's got such an interesting take on it. I thought I'd get him on the show to share some of it with you beforehand. Now, before we get Mark on, please do check out the sponsors. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro online from Pitney Bowes, it's just click, send, and save for as low as $4.99 a month. Schedule package pickups and track shipments from departure to arrival. And for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you never overpay. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash masterplan to experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Mark Adams is the head of Europe at Big Commerce. He's been in the e commerce world for almost 20 years, mainly working agency side and focused on the technology stack side of things. He's been advising market leading brands and retailers for years. And today he's going to help all of us understand the seven principles of building your direct to consumer brand online. Hello, Mark. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing?
2: I'm very good. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to today.
1: Excellent. Me too. Um, look, before we get into the whole D to C side of things, you you're one of the not that many people these days in the industry who've been in e-commerce even longer than me, and by quite some many years as well. So, how did you end up getting into e-commerce so early on?
2: I was a sales rep back in the late '90s for a company called Scoot. Who were basically a telephone directory that competed against Yellow Pages, and they started selling uh, kind of websites for small businesses, and um, we, we started producing these one-page websites uh, back in the late '90s. And then, with a, with a couple of friends, I started an agency in 2004 that um, focused entirely on e-commerce. And you know, back in 2004, it was still early days. Uh, we were working with large multinational brands like Sony and Mail, uh, and helping them implement and integrate um, e-commerce solutions for, for their customers.
1: Back when it was properly difficult to do? When it was
2: really difficult, yeah, when you had to build it all, plug it all together, by 10 different tools to solve, to solve that uh, web experience. And um, it was very, very expensive and how the world has changed.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? How what we, the way we had to do things like 10 years ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago, now you can just get a plugin or an app or it just comes out of the box and we'd spend weeks trying to construct the brief, let alone speaking with suppliers and testing and, oh yeah, it, it's mind boggling really.
2: It is. And I, and, and I really think actually that transformation in reality has only happened over the last Uh, five or six years in the e-commerce space with technologies like big commerce and others that are really uh, focused on simplicity and solving the problems for merchants out of the box with with really cool tools that are pre-integrated and and built um, for you to trade a store from scratch up to hundreds of millions of dollars or or pounds online.
1: I actually have to say I think it's one of the most exciting things that's happened in e-commerce in the last five years is that shift because it's not necessarily because of how the technology has changed, but because of the impact it's had on how retailers are thinking about how they go about doing things. And it's something which I found even even the most kind of like boots stuck in the mud e-commerce people or retailers that I know are now starting to think quite differently and so much more agilely in the dictionary definition rather than the project management sense of the word. But I think that's that's just such that's going to have such impact over the next couple of years. It must be very exciting to be at one of the companies that's driving that change.
2: It is, yes. I, I, I hark back to my background where you know projects would take 9, 12 months on on other technologies. Uh, they'd be really complicated. They would cost you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And I, I, I do think, by and large, even for large brands and large retailers, those days rightfully uh, are over. Um, and, and the kinds of technologies that are available, but we've, we've got to remember that retail is under, you know, pretty serious threat from from transformation of, of industries, uh, from you know, higher costs of labor to business rates to the effect of, of digital um, and other competitive threats coming into the market. And I, I think the days of you know high spend on technology and long projects, which by the time you've finished, you've kind of redesigned your business plan and and, and your requirements. Uh, I, I'm I'm so grateful that um, those days are coming to an end.
1: Yeah, me too. It's, it's good news for the customer, too, isn't it, at the end of the day? Because it means it I'll actually get usable sites sometime this century. Indeed. Um, <laughs> okay, let's let's shift into the world of D2C, because that's obviously another quite new and big mindset shifting shifting side of e-commerce too it's increasingly being used but I think some of our some of our listeners probably still haven't quite got their heads around what d2c or direct to consumer is so so mark can you explain a little bit about what it is and how it's different to normal in inverted commas e-commerce
2: well this is just a this is just as simple as um, brands selling direct to the consumer via a digital channel so brands have been selling via retail channels uh, wholesale channels for a number of years, but rarely do they engage the consumer directly. And I think the challenge for brands is that they they need to understand changing consumer behaviour, right? And one of the best ways to do that is digitally, because you can learn so much more, so much, so much more quickly. Uh, and so, creating a direct sales channel that uh, a brand can communicate with, learn from, and engage with those consumers is where we're seeing a lot of growth at big commerce certainly
1: so it's that it's those businesses who have their own product. Yes, indeed. Is the, is the key thing here, and it's it's leveraging all the right routes to get that in front of the consumer. Okay, so the seven principles. We're not going to have time to cover all of them today, but do you just want to give us a, a heads up as to what these seven principles are? And we'll just leave people a little bit kind of like wanting to find out what the ones we don't have time to talk about are. So they'll definitely come and see you speak at White Level World Expo, and they, which means they might come along and see me as well. <laughs>
2: Cool. Okay. So I, I've got six for you, Chloe, and the, I'm going to keep one secret for, for the expo. Oh, I um, love it. Yeah. So the, my first one is investing in growth. And I think um, brands, retailers, uh, anybody selling digitally or or in any way to to consumers, right, they, they need to buy the right tool and use the right technologies in the right way. And they need to focus their budget and their investment on growing their business, not on managing technology um, and investing on revenue generating features and capabilities um, and driving proper funnel, traffic into the site and conversion rather than the nuts and bolts of e-commerce. So that's that's really my top tip. I think the second one um, that is really important and we just don't see enough of this today is performance matters. The speed of um, your website or your app or or your mobile experience is absolutely fundamental uh, because you will convert much better if the site is super fast. Uh, Most sites that that I see out there today, you take the top 50 retailers and I've done this and I've run speed checks on their sites and they are just horrifically slow. Google is saying now for mobile as well that you need to be sub three seconds or you're going to start bouncing traffic. I think Google reckon you'll bounce 52% of your traffic off a mobile website if you are over three seconds well imagine just the cost of acquisition of that traffic and and then immediately bouncing it it's just not um it's just not sustainable is it 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 just isn't it's crazy Uh, but but i think brands and retailers and and online sellers are not focused enough on performance and in in every interaction you have with your development agency or your technology provider you've, you've got to be pushing them to think about speed and performance Every single day. the other thing kind of I look at and want people thinking about is omnichannel. And you know traditionally omnichannel was uh, what happened in the store and then what happened online. But we've got emerging channels now which are driving exponential growth. Marketplaces are are obviously really significant, but the emerging social channels uh, also is where I think in the in the next few years, brands and retailers are going to see huge growth from. Uh, so we'd, we'd like to talk about that.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's number three, isn't
2: it? That's number three.
1: That's number three, cool. Number
2: four? Keeping costs under control. So identifying the total cost of ownership of running your online business uh, and the total cost of sales and keeping tight control and management of those those costs, I think, is is absolutely crucial. Because uh, they can run away with you as you're beginning to develop your site and developing new features. Uh, and it needs to be you know sustainable from a cost perspective. I, I'd like people to think about omni-channel inventory management. So being able to put inventory into those sales channels independently and managing that, uh, it's a complex problem to solve. And, and technology can go now a long way to alleviating that. And my sixth one is, is really about content creation and experience. So I'd like uh, brands, especially D2C brands, to think about the content experience they provide and the assets they have to engage their consumers with, with really cool experiences that will build more loyalty. And I think brands are uniquely placed to be able to do that well and should invest in, in content creation. And I said, the seventh one is a secret.
1: Excellent. I'm glad you glad you reiterated that just before someone someone went, would have missed it the first time around and gone, where's seven? Where's seven? Where's number seven gone? Okay, seven is a secret. You're not going to find that one out on this podcast. You're going to have to come along to White Label World Expo to get it. Okay, Mark, the one I, I want to drill, drill into the first one you mentioned, investing in growth, because I think we mentioned mindset changes earlier. And I think that's a mind, mindset shift, isn't it? It's not, I have to spend... X on hosting and the basics. It's about putting the money where it's actually going to make a difference. Do you want to expand on that a little bit more?
2: So you know, I, uh, before joining Big Commerce, I spent a lot of time helping retailers, particularly larger retailers, uh, select e-commerce technology and other technologies to help power their digital channels. And you know, used to assess a lot of technology providers, write RFPs, and then evaluate those and evaluate the the, the whole costs of of that solution. What we always used to see was such huge costs in acquiring the licenses for technology, hosting, then application support, upgrading those solutions on a regular basis. Um, And so typically you would have, say, at least 70 to 80% of the budget on a yearly basis Going into those things, which are just keeping keeping the lights on, effectively, um, and, and and around twenty percent of the budget into doing cool stuff on the front end of the website, or you know, creating new revenue generating features, or driving you know top of funnel traffic into the website, or, or features that focused on improving conversion. And I think the model needs to be completely flipped, where you're spending eighty percent of your budget on those types of activities, and really only twenty percent on on kind of keeping the lights on the licensing the hosting the support and and kind of core development activities you know big commerce is certainly at the forefront of helping retailers and merchants do just that
1: and it certainly strikes me that it's in this day and age when you can reduce those keeping the lights on costs i like i like that phrase for it the keeping the lights on costs by so much it means you have that flexibility to work out what's the biggest problem at the moment how do we solve it is it about changing things on the website? Or actually, should some of that budget be reinvested in content creation, in um, speeding up the website, or in even the marketing side of things, or even potentially new product? But to have such a large chunk, just, you know, you get to the 1st of January, and 80% of your web budget is committed, and you've just achieved what you achieved the previous year, is is quite depressing.
2: It is. And and you're not going to move the needle by... With that twenty percent, are you in in, in building for growth, building growth?
1: You're not going to keep up with the competition either, or the customer expectations.
2: Well, this is it. I mean, if we look at you know half of half of all ecom transactions happen on Amazon, uh, whether in the US or, or pretty much here in Europe, uh, Amazon are releasing new features and capabilities dozens of times a day. That's what retailers are competing with. Um, you know, they've got huge budgets and sophisticated IT capabilities, and and they're innovating constantly. And that, that is, that, that's the core competition. I think uh, merchants need to be able to use that budget effectively to grow uh, and invest in, in, in building their business, in building sales, in converting better, in going into new channels uh, and going international and, and doing all the things that are really going to move the needle on growth.
1: And obviously you're merging into your second point here, which I think is equally important. I think quite tied into this is often if people are on those legacy systems where 80% of your budget is on keeping the lights on, often those systems, whatever you do to try and increase speed, you're only playing around with the position of the cherry on top of the cream, on top of the ice cream, on top of the cake, because fundamentally speed improvements come from the bottom up. The, bi- the big step changes in speed improvement mean being on the right platform in the first place.
2: They do, and but also pushing that problem to your vendor, right, so that you're not having to manage all of that yourself. Because um, it is difficult, let's face it, when you're, you're building your site, you, you, your development, whether you're doing it internally or whether you're doing it through an agency or, or wherever, they're not always thinking about performance and testing everything against how fast something is. They're just worried about, you know, integrating that app or, or that backend system or creating that uh, front end of the website. You need to be able to manage that um, as a retailer, as a, as a merchant, and get everyone focused on that. But it's difficult because, because it's actually hard to do. And so that's why I think with, you know, SaaS technologies where the the standard front end experience is, is being optimized purely for super fast uh, performance. You know, sub two seconds is really what we're aiming for here to the browser so that the, the user is seeing on on that website or in that app, I think is is absolutely critical. I was being demoed by one of our partners recently, a PWA site that had been integrated to Big Commerce. Um, and I, I'm not kidding, literally as as you touch the screen, the paid loaded instantaneously literally as you touched it and i was like wow this is the future uh and this is these are the kinds of things that uh, merchants and brands and retailers need to be focused on delivering is this super super fast performance
1: i'm glad you mentioned pwa because i think that's that's such an exciting area that i'm surprised more retailers haven't jumped on? Because in, in our world of blogging, it's been around for a year or so, but retailers seem to be quite slow, slow on the uptake. So do you first of all just want to explain what PWA is for the listener out there who's going, what are we talking about? Um, and then then a little bit more about it?
2: In in its simplest form, it's just, it's just um, a highly optimized mobile experience, uh, to kind of mobile first um, experience that is that is built for performance. Um, so what we want to begin to do, actually, is begin to separate that front-end presentation layer from the the e-commerce engine in, in the, in the back-end. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, headless, for example, so being able to architect and deliver solutions that are not completely tied together, so you're using a different front-end technology that your e-commerce platform comes off and out of the box with. Uh, And I think to the point here, this is, this is one of the issues is that a lot, a lot of e-commerce technologies of yesteryear tightly couple that presentation layer into the logic in, in the e-commerce platform, which means it's then difficult for developers to separate that out and to develop quick, performant websites and, and using PWAs as one of the methods to to kind of develop particularly mobile experiences is, is is a solution to solving that
1: i couldn't agree more and it's um anyone who wants to know the letters pwa is progressive web apps like having a mobile app that works in a browser that doesn't require someone to download so it's kind of like the best of all the worlds and Anyone now who's doing a re- site rebuild, if your mobile bit isn't being taken care of by a PWA, I I can't think of a good reason for that happening. Mark, can you?
2: Not unless you've you've got some other investment in kind of a content management technology stack that you know. If you're a larger brand, that you might do that where they where they're not yet caught up, where you technically can't. And this is one of the things that we, we talk about the API connectivity and being able to. Uh, To easily build front end experiences, on no matter what technology stack that might be, uh, or front end framework or content management system, Um, and and so that this plays into you know a more agile technology stack that allows you to build those experiences however you want in whatever tools you want uh, in in an efficient way.
1: And I suppose you know talking the headless idea where you've got these great systems in the back end that enable you to make the front end as user-friendly as possible with whatever tech it might be. In that scenario, if you're one of these brands with lots of content and a big CMS system, if you've got a CMS system that can be headless and you've got an e-commerce system that can be headless, then you can create whatever mashup of information from different sources gives your customers the best possible um, experience wherever they are and however they're accessing.
2: Yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, if you think, let's say you've got your brand that's got a big investment in uh, a whole bunch of different brand websites on a particular content management technology and you just want to commerce enable those sites rather than rebuild them all on, an e- on your e-commerce platform, uh, which is going to be time consuming and expensive, requires lots of new skills potentially that you're going to have to embed in the team. Uh, if you can just connect by the API to that e-commerce service, that add to basket, that checkout flow, Uh, and and other services very easily within your existing front end, then you you can solve that problem for a fraction of the cost much quicker, while still keeping the same tools within the business that you've already been using and your organization, your team, and the people know how to use.
0: E-commerce Masterplan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are.
1: With SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes, you can weigh, print, send and save without stepping foot into the post office. Starting at $4.99 per month, you can also save up to 5 cents on every letter and up to 40% off USPS priority mail. Calculate exact postage online and print directly from your PC. Go to pb.com forward slash master to access a special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb dot com slash masterplan to experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes
0: It's time for the top tips round
1: Mark, we've just taken apart the world of D2C. We even ended up talking about the world of headless, but now we're going to get into the top tips whilst our listeners' heads spin about the potential of what we've just been talking about. Um, But let's give them some more really quick ideas for taking their businesses to the next level. So, Mark, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
2: I've just finished reading a book called Measure What Matters by John Doer. John Doer is a leading VC uh, in the US and has been advising companies as wide as Google and, uh, and others. And, and their their fundamental business growth has been built off this concept of, uh, of um, OKRs, which are objectives and goal setting and, and key results. Uh, and it's just it's been really interesting reading this because I'm kind of thinking about how I implement this uh, big commerce in Europe. And what I really want to do is, is get the team thinking about what our stretch objective is. We want, to, we want to go and build the company out in Europe. We want to do it really quickly, but we want to do it efficiently. And so we've got this grand plan, but you know that grand plan sounds too far away. So we need to start breaking it down into measurable uh, results that will allow us to track to that, that long-term goal. Uh, and so if we can align everyone in the team around that wider objective that 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 kind of moonshot that we're looking to to, to land at some point in two or three years uh, and break it down bit by bit and have everyone in the team focused on driving results that they're responsible for uh, to that goal then then you can do amazing things and this is how google you know 10x uh, revenue, for example, and and lots of other companies have been using uh, certainly in the Valley for a while. These um, the, the the concept of OKRs really interesting, book.
1: and it's it's certainly something I find a lot of e-commerce businesses struggling with. You know, when I go into you know to have a review with them or something, and they've got pages and pages of weekly and monthly reporting that half the team spends the whole of Monday or the whole of the first day of the month creating, and they only look at for five minutes. And if if two days later you said to them, right, how are we doing against the key objective? They go, oh, I don't know what the key objective is. I think drilling it down to we care about this number is just such a powerful thing. And any book that can help people do that is is high on my list of things that need to be read.
2: Yeah, and, and you can actually, there's some really great content on YouTube and videos um, from various people on, on OKRs. So you don't actually need to read the whole book, although I definitely recommend it. Uh, You can find some great content out there on this um, on YouTube and Google.
1: Excellent. Okay. The traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
2: Doesn't get the press it deserves. I think social. Uh, So, already, um, if if we look at our merchant base at Big Commerce, around about 4% of the revenue our our customers are generating, uh, they're generating it on and via social and social commerce, so Instagram, Facebook fundamentally, but also emerging platforms like TikTok. Uh, and I think if you, if you look at certain demographics, like the, the 16 to 24-year-old demographic, that is actually where those those people are browsing and wanting to purchase on today. So depending on, on the brand and depending on your target market, I think social commerce is going to be one of the main evolving channels that we need to be thinking about and investing in Um, and actually purchasing via those channels as well. So, you know, not even sending the user back to your website, but actually allowing them to check out on Instagram or TikTok and buy that product there.
1: Excellent tip. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
2: um we use we use slack an awful lot in the office um and i like Slack because you can you you get a history of every conversation you've had when i was um in my previous life when we were working with um on on projects kind of trying to help retailers manage complex e-commerce projects uh, and we were communicating with agencies and other third parties having a Slack channel dedicated for that project uh, and then being able to review the history and what people have committed to Rather than doing it in email or rather than doing it over the phone was uh, certainly something um, I embraced and we use it heavily here at BC.
1: It is a great way of keeping track of the status of things and what has been agreed hasn't been agreed without endless spreadsheets having to come into the mix as well. I love the fact it combines both that info, the informal part of the chat with the formal part of actually managing the project. It's a very, very clever tool. Okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
2: Without a shadow of a doubt is hire early. You, you, know, you, can, you can buy in these skills much more cost efficiently than uh, you could ever do trying to learn it all yourself, uh, which will slow you down, slow growth down. Go and hire someone that's going to be way better at doing that specific thing, whether it's managing the website or uh looking after you know inventory or whatever it is but hire as early in the cycle as possible uh, and bring in specialists to help you build the business you can't do it all by yourself
1: would you expand that to be not necessarily fte as in full-time employee but freelancers agencies whoever is the right solution is that what we're talking about here
2: yeah yeah it's not necessarily a a full-time person within within your team there are lots of uh, ways you can solve that problem Using freelancers, using agencies to do part of it. Uh, I, I do believe, though, that building a skill set internally in the organisation is really important. Uh, and the more skills and ownership you have over being able to manage and trade and change things on on your web platform is useful. Uh, but you don't need to do all that on day one. You can you can use different ways of achieving that over time.
1: Excellent advice. Okay, Mark. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Big Commerce on the web and social media, please? Uh,
2: so, uh, for, for me, certainly LinkedIn is um, is a, is, a, is a tool I use an awful lot and communicate with people via. For BC, um, we're based near Bank in London. Um, you know, partners, particularly tech partners and agency partners, we, we welcome you down to the office. Obviously, the website is www.bigcommerce.com uh, or you can email me at mark.adams@bigcommerce.com. bigcommerce.com.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Well, Mark, thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been great diving into the world of D2C and tech stacks and headless and PWAs. I think we've covered a lot today. Um, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much with us. It's greatly appreciated.
2: Thank you, Chloe. Thanks for having me.
1: We covered a lot of ground there in the world of D2C and just generally in the world of getting your website and your tech stack platforms to work for you. We talked about D2C, so direct to consumer, which is when you're selling your own products to the consumer via whatever channels work. Then we talked about a little bit about PWAs, those progressive web apps which are a very clever way of creating fast, user-friendly, easy-to-create, actually, um, a mobile online experiences. So they, to the consumer, they look like websites, but, um, but they're built in a very different way. And then we also talked a little bit about headless, which is where you have the right back end and in a way that enables you to create the front end in pretty much any way you want. We covered a lot there, lots of advice, lots of tips and some great top tips too. Now, if you want to catch that mystery number seven principle and more on this, then do make sure you check out Mark's session at the White Label World Expo show that's happening in London on the 27th and 28th of November. You can get yourself a free ticket for that at whitelabelexpo.co.uk. If you come along, please do make sure you catch up my session too, because I'm going to be sharing some lessons from my brand new book, e-commerce marketing, how to get traffic that buys to your website. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links, and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. If you'd like to find out more about my book, head to ecommercemarketingbook.com. And if you're listening, final request from me, I promise, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts or iTunes, then please do give us some feedback via their review app. I love reading your reviews. I love hearing what you think about the show and finding ways in which I can make it better. Now, I hope you have a great week and keep optimising.
0: Thank you for listening to the eCommerce master Plan Podcast. Find out more at eCommerceMasterplan.com
1: slash podcast.